Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. 12 minutes after 9 o'clock, a little bit late start today because we gave away some prizes, some tickets to see that Elton John's Greatest Hits concert tomorrow night at 2 o'clock. Congratulations to Mark, Kevin, and Patrick who won those tickets. Guys, if you're going to come by and pick them up, I'd appreciate it if you'd wait till after 10 so I can get out there. I'm going to be kind of busy here for the next uh, 48 minutes or so, but we'll get those tickets out there as uh, as soon as possible. It is, again, it's uh, 12 minutes after 9 o'clock. I'm Andy, and it is... Now, I, I've talked about it before on the show, but I have an incredible view. Uh, my uh, my office faces kind of to the east, uh, southeast kind of a little bit. But I get to look at the, our beautiful red rocks, the sugar loaf, and, and the, the red mountain uh, out my window. If you've been here, you know what I'm talking about. It's an incredible view. I, I think personally one of the best views in business here in town. Uh, but right now I can't see those red rocks. And the reason I can't see those red rocks is there's some white stuff falling down here in St. George. Again, I'm not seeing any accumulation just yet, but it's coming down pretty hard. A little snowstorm going. So the, I guess the trees are starting to pick it up a little bit. Uh, the streets right now are still just wet, not uh, frozen. But, uh, yeah, just uh, it's, it's, it's distracting. I'm not going to lie to you. I've gotten used to the red rocks being in my peripheral vision. Uh, I am not used to this white snow crap <laughs> falling down and being in my peripheral vision. So I'm going to try to turn my back on the snow and uh, trust that everything's going to be okay behind me as I do the program today. A couple of things I wanted to do for you today. Of course, it's Open Line Friday. You're welcome to call at 673-5890. That's 435-area-code 673-5890. If you would like to text into the program, we have a text line. It's 435 467 5842 467-5842 is our text line. Uh, and if you're not really into texting, you want to send an email, it's a griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, at cherrycreekmedia.com. I know that's a long one to type in, but you do it once, and then your computer will remember it, and you'll be able to do it uh, easily from then on. Uh, we will be taking your phone calls, your texts, your emails during the course of this program. Uh, but to start with, I talked with Senator Mike Lee yesterday, had a great conversation with him. It was earlier in the morning. It was in the 7 o'clock hour yesterday, and uh, I thought it was a really uh, salient conversation with uh, Senator Lee talking about, well, about money that we don't really have. Uh, Again, this was yesterday morning in the 7 o'clock hour. Here's uh, me talking with Mike Lee. Good morning to you. It's Thursday, 7.50 on the clock, and uh, we've got Mike Lee on the telephone, Senator from the state of Utah. Mike, are you with me? Yes, I'm right here. Thanks uh, so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I was starting to worry a little bit because usually we have you on a couple minutes earlier, but you're all set up and uh, and uh, and good to go. Mike, everyone's talking about this $1.9 trillion, what the Democrats are calling American Rescue America or something like that. Uh, this thing is really troubling to me, Mike. Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, beware of politicians who <laughs> tell you that you need them. Yeah. You know, they, they, in this plan, they wanted Congress to be the rescuer. Um in reality, this is a, a big political giveaway. It bothers me that we just spent $2 trillion on something billed as a COVID bill. And uh, there's really not a whole lot of COVID in it. Yeah. There is a whole lot of bill. Um, this, we're talking about less than 1% of it that actually goes to vaccine production and distribution. 
And there's a whole lot of it, like hundreds of billions of dollars, close to $400 billion, goes to state and local governments around the country, um, disproportionately in states that are not Utah and not well-run like Utah. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a really bad spending package and they sidestepped a lot of the most important issues, refusing to vote for important improvements that we offered up to it to help schools reopen sooner and address some of the real problems that we're facing as a country. I, I, it it really bothers me. And you know, this Mike too, uh, you know, we, we work hard, especially here in Utah to stay solvent, to stay on the black side of the ledger Stay on the side. It says, all right, we worked really hard so that we can balance our budget so that we can live within our means. And then you have the, you know, this, this gigantic bill that says, uh, New York, you blew it. California blew it. Here's some money. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's sort of the opposite of federalism. It's the opposite of where our country is supposed to run. We're supposed to have laboratories of Republican democracy throughout the state. Uh, throughout each of the 50 states, and instead we're turning the states into lab rats to be tested upon and, mm. and used for the enjoyment of federal officials. Now, I, I, I voted against it. it um, I really think it's a step in the wrong direction, especially at a time when our national debt now stands at around uh, $30 trillion. And it, this is not sustainable. It's not wise. And it's going to end up uh, disproportionately hurting poor and middle-class Americans, including people in Utah. Mm, frustrating. Now, I mean, I hate to be the, you know, the bad guy that says, well, we don't need the $1,400 checks, and, and certainly there are people who could use it, Mike, but I'd sure rather have us, uh, you know, maybe not grow that debt so big and, and, and get this check for what I feel like is imaginary money, at least right now, to, to everyday American. Sure. And, and look, there's, there's no question that um, most People will will benefit in in significant ways from having a fourteen hundred dollar check. I don't dispute that for a minute. There are a lot of people who may well need it. It is um, not a cost free proposition, however, and I don't mean cost free proposition for the government. Um, when we just print that much money, which is effectively what we do when we're borrowing as a nation on this scale, yeah, um, uh, especially at the rates the artificially low rates that we're paying right now uh, is not cost-free. Uh, inflation is a thing, and it's going to end up affecting all sorts of things. But here again, it, it disproportionately impacts poor and middle-class Americans, and I, I think that's wrong, especially when it's done in the name of helping them, um, but really is done in the name of helping politicians. Is that, I mean, you touched on it there for a second. Do you feel like that this is really, really going to drive inflation up, up, up? And, and we really, maybe if we do get, when we do get the checks, we better hang on to them because we're going to need them? Well, how can it not? No, I, I can't predict the future, nor am I an economist. But um, so $2 trillion is on the, on the back of uh, the many billions of dollars that we added to our already sprawling uh, uh, debt and deficit over the last year, there's no way that that's not going to have a significant impact. And uh, I have doubts about the, uh, the metrics that are being used to measure inflation. I think they are undermeasuring uh, the inflationary reaction the market has already had prior to this bill. 
And I, but I think we're going to start seeing, even with the distorted uh, metrics that we're using, we're going to start seeing more immediate and direct inflation once these checks hit. Not necessarily related, but already the gas prices are going up, up, and up. And, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Mike. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. St. George uh, salutes you for fighting the good fight out there in Washington, D.C. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care, take care. Mike. Senator Mike Lee from the state of Utah, from, live from Washington, D.C. Uh, nice of him to join us once again. That was, uh, again, my interview yesterday morning with Mike Lee. He is... I'm going to stop short of disgusted, but he's definitely unhappy uh, with this this bill that went through, this $1.9 trillion bill. And and I said it once or twice during the interview, but I I hate to be the bad guy. I don't want to tell you who's listening right now, well, you you don't deserve the $1,400. If everyone else is getting the $1,400 per person, by the way, uh, then... Yeah, I mean, what are we going to do? Say no? Oh, no, I don't want your money. Thank you anyway. Um, maybe that would be the right thing to do. I don't I don't know. I'm speculating. But uh, I'm not going to tell you don't take the $1,400 because if they're giving it to everyone, then, then you take it. And, and some of you certainly, as Mike Lee said, very much need that money. Uh, but but need, is a, need is a subjective word. You know, need, do, do you need that money so you can... I don't know, buy a, a side-by-side or a, a jet ski or a wave runner or whatever. Uh, I don't know. But but to me, it's like, okay, let's keep on mortgaging our children's future. In the name of COVID-19, in the name of the pandemic, it's given this this virus, as awful as, it, as it's been, as hard as it's been on the health of some people, uh, it's given license to many, many politicians, including Governor Herbert, uh, but especially a lot of our Democratic and leftist leaders, to just do whatever they want. I mean, we have these checks and balances in place, and they basically all, all the checks and balances were taken off. It's you know, it's it's like, you know, sorry about that. It's like the the. Um, you know the 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 restraints are off you know the monster's free to monster being the, you know the government right now is free to do whatever it wants to especially from the president's desk and just start imposing things and writing things and and passing things and and that's not the way it's supposed to work that's not the way our government is set up and uh we're all going to feel the effect we're already probably starting to feel the effect. I mentioned gas prices during that interview with Mike Lee. But not just gas prices. Uh, we're going to start feeling the effect everywhere. Uh, wait till gas is, or to, till milk is four fifty a gallon. Wait till gas is 5 bucks a gallon. Uh, loaf of bread. I mean, I remember when I was a newlywed, the loaf of bread was a quarter. And that wasn't that long ago. Okay, well, it was 30 years ago. But, uh, now you can't get a loaf of bread unless you go to a Dale store or something. You can't get a loaf of bread for less than two bucks. And, you know, it's it's like, well, my wages aren't double what they were back then. And, uh, you know, or the wages for the job I'm doing, not double what they were back then. What in the world has happened here? And, uh, well, we all know what's happened. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Uh 
Again, you know, Mike Lee is one of the good guys. He's out there going, hey, we can't let this happen. Oh, it happened. Okay, well, it's happened. We've got to, we've got to fight it. We've got to stop this thing. And like I said, I, I'm not telling you, don't, don't not take the money. I'm due, you know, my wife and I, 17-year-old daughter, we're going to get $4,200. Am I going to send it back and say, I don't want this? No, that, that, that's not, that wouldn't work. <laughs> that's all I would, all I'd be doing is hurting myself. But what I can do is I can fight uh, the philosophy behind them putting this thing together. Uh, I have uh, here, uh, I, I thought this was fascinating, a breakdown of some of the things in that they're calling it the rescue plan. Uh, of the $1.9 trillion, here's a breakdown of some of the money in that $1.9 trillion thing that was just signed by Mr. Biden. $350 billion, so a third of a trillion dollars for state and local governments despite record high revenues in 2020. You see, we thought that the governments were going to be hurting that uh, all the tax revenue would be down, that nobody would be making any money. In fact, we talked with government leaders like the mayor and county commission, city council during the course of the year, and they were all adjusting their budgets down to try to make up for the loss of revenue. Well, it turns out there wasn't a loss of revenue. Uh, According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, state and local governments had record revenues in 2020. Record revenues. In addition, the over $500 billion in federal aid. And now we're going to throw another $350 billion at it. Uh, $126 billion from this thing is earmarked for schools, even though they've been closed for most of the year. A lot, most of the schools around the country have been closed, and yet they're going to throw $126 billion at them. Uh, most of the previous funding from Congress is still yet to be spent. Remember, they were close, so they got money to operate their schools this year, and then they didn't operate their schools. $570 million, half a billion, for 15 weeks of paid leave for federal employees. 15 weeks of paid leave. Do the math on that. What is that? That's almost four months of paid leave? Wow. According to the uh, act, uh, federal workers would be eligible for up to $280 per day, up to $21,000 to take time off. Uh, $45 billion for massive expansions of Obamacare subsidies with no income limit so that you can get to free or cheap insurance and live in a socialist state. Uh, $4 billion to pay off 120% of the debt for socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. This does not include white farmers and ranchers. It only includes minority farmers and ranchers. $200 billion for enhanced unemployment benefits. They want to pay you more to not work than most of you were making to work. Where's your incentive there? $270 million for the National Endowment of the Arts and Humanities. Their argument being that, well, the arts and humanities were hurt because everything was shut down, so we need to give them money this year to help make up for the money they lost by not being open. All right. $200 million for the Institute of Museum and Library Services. Again, the reasoning by the left is that well, you know, they couldn't be open. They couldn't gather. People couldn't come and spend money at their museums and their libraries. So we've got to give them $200 million. 
$91 million for the outreach to student loan borrowers. Basically, they're, it's making their loans so they're 0% loans. So at this point still, and, and this is temporary, they still do have to pay their student loans back, but they will no longer be charged interest on those loans. And $50 million for environmental justice grants. I don't even know what that means, environmental justice. Does that mean we're going to, uh, I don't know, give money back to the dodo bird? I, I really don't know what that means. Uh, again, folks, this $1.9 trillion uh, COVID relief bill isn't about COVID relief. It's about using a health crisis as an excuse to ram through their left-wing agenda. And that's frustrating to me, and it should be frustrating to you. If, if you look at the $1.9 trillion, the, the word, it doesn't even register in my, like, like, I remember growing up and somebody was a millionaire. I, it was hard to wrap my brain around the, around the idea that someone was a millionaire. That's a thousand thousand. That's like, what? And then billion came to be, you know, and we had billionaires on the planet and Oprah Winfrey and Bezos and those guys. And billion was, was, I started to wrap my brain around million a little bit and then billion came and that's a thousand million. It's like, what? What? And then now we're dealing with the TR word, trillion dollars. That means 999 billion. Nope, that's not enough. 1,000 billion. 1,000 billion is a trillion, folks. That is, that is incomprehensible to me. And they, they're writing a check to all of us as part of this 1.9 trillion out of money that doesn't exist. Money that we're borrowing, I guess, from China. I don't know. Money that doesn't exist. And we're borrowing it for their so-called rescue plan. All right, got to take a timeout weather break here. We are going to take your calls. We will, uh, again, uh, get uh, kind of toasted up, warmed up with the text line and the email line. Phone number, by the way, 673-5890. Yes, it is snowing, and yes, it is starting to accumulate. I'm looking across at Sandtown Park, and the grass is now white. Don't see it sticking on the roads just yet. Fortunately, we've got enough traffic that it's not slushy yet. Uh, but the trees and the grass are white, and uh, it's a crazy, crazy thing here in southern Utah to see snow sticking on the ground. Welcome back. Snowy. Yeah, I said snowy here in Utah's Dixie. Snow has accumulated uh, on the grass and the trees. Not really sticking just yet to the roads, but uh, that's uh, probably next. The temperature's actually dropped a few degrees since... uh, I got here early this morning, so uh, yeah, get uh, get ready for that. We got uh, some cool stuff to talk about coming up, including religion, not what you think, religion. We'll talk about that in a second too. But uh, it is open line Friday. Let's go to the phone lines. Richard, line one. What's up, Rich? Morning, Andy. Morning. What a beautiful Friday. <laughs> it is sitting here in the hot tub, looking out in the garden. The lettuce is getting snowed on. The blossoms <laughs> on the peach tree and plum trees are getting snowed on. Did you say you were in the hot tub right now? Right now. Oh, you lucky dog! That's what we're really for. Once <laughs> <laughs> a once in winter, maybe. But anyway, talking about the stimulus money. Yeah. I'm so happy to get my twenty eight hundred dollars. I need a new car, so thanks, Biden, for down payment. Yeah. But you forgot to mention some of that money, like a big chunk of it, is going for Planned Parenthood. 
so they can murder babies again on our dime. Gotta love that. Yeah, that makes me sick to my stomach, actually. That's just the Democrats. Now, some guy was talking the other day on Rush, and I've been kind of doing the math. What a trillion dollars would do if there is a hundred million people out there, they could get a million dollars out of that. I don't know if your math works that way, but that's about the way I figured it. Can you imagine that? A hundred million people could get a million dollars. That would be, I'd be okay with that. Uh, and, and I would probably share most of it with, you know, with, cause I don't need a million dollars. I, I, I got a pretty good life as it is. So we could do a lot of good yeah. with that. Couldn't we, Richard? Yes, we could. Not like the government's doing. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bailing out and, California and New York. Yeah. And, and hey, have a good day. All right. Thanks, thanks Richard. Yeah. And, and museums and libraries and, and performing arts centers. I'm not anti-museum library performing arts. I am not folks. I'm just saying that, uh, are they, do they really need all this money? All right. Let's go back to the phone lines line two. Hey, what's up? Is that me? That's you. Go ahead. Well, Andy, I cannot believe that you're <clears throat> turning your back on the snow. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm trying not to. I mean, to, that is life-giving stuff out there. It's very distracting, I mean, I though. I'm so trying to concentrate. Thrilled. <laughs> I know, but we need, oh, we need this so badly, and I love it. I open all my windows and look out, <clears throat> and I'm just so thankful for this great blessing that uh, this moisture will bring to our area. You're right. And about the money, it's going to come back to bite us, I'm afraid, and our country is in a great deal of trouble right now, and there's not a whole lot that you and I can do about it, but just get on our knees, I guess, and pray for divine intervention. But anyway... It's the the snow and the rain are great, and I am celebrating today. Thank you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. You know, she was talking. It reminded me of an old joke, and forgive me if I butcher it. Uh, but uh, a guy dies, and he uh, didn't have the. You know, he wasn't the most righteous guy in the world, and he he got sent to uh, you know that place down below. And uh, as part of his punishment, he got to choose from one of three rooms. And uh, so. Uh, poked his head inside the first room and uh, the uh, all the folks are, are barefoot and they're walking around on nails. There's nails sticking up from the ground. They're all walking on nails and they're perpetually for the, forever going to be walking around in a room full of uh, with nails sticking up. And he's like, uh, that, that doesn't sound too good to me. And he said, what's room number two? So the, uh, the helper there said, took him to room number two and they were all barefoot and they were walking around on, uh, on broken glass. And, oh man, that's that that doesn't sound too good to me either. Um, and so uh, he got to room number three. And uh, this guy who was a, a coffee drinker uh, poked his head inside the room. And they were all standing in about uh, nine inches of the foulest, stentiest, most terrible uh, uh, manure mixture uh, known in the history of man. Just this awful stuff. But as they're standing there ankle deep in this stuff. They were all drinking coffee. And the guy's like, all right, first of all, there's no pain involved here. That's pretty cool. And they're drinking coffee. And I've loved coffee my whole life. So uh, he said said to the helper there, he says, I'll take room number three. And uh, so the, the little helper there said, all right, go on in. And he went in and they handed him a little 
cup of coffee and he uh, waded into the stuff and you know, to, up to his shins, this foul, stinky stuff. And just as he took his first sip of coffee, a little devil's helper there said, all right, everybody, coffee breaks over, back on your heads. Now, the reason I tell this joke, which may or may not be funny, depending on where you're coming from, is this. That's kind of what it feels like with Joe Biden's little stimulus package, right? We're all going to get money, and it's going to be, all right, we got some money, and I mean, some of it's, you know, that's kind of a waste, but at least I'm going to get a check. And, uh, you know, it, it may be foul. Uh, it may smell bad, but at least I'm going to get a check. And then you know what's going to happen? We're going to all be asked to stand on our heads in this foul stench. And what I mean by that is your check for $2,800 or 5200 or whatever it's going to end up being for you is going to be so devalued in the next three and a half years or so, maybe less, maybe a half a year, that that money is going to mean nothing. It's, it's going to be... My guess is your $1,400 is going to be the equivalent to $140 in, in a year's time. Uh, cars, you might get a car for 20000 right now. You're going to be paying sixty or eighty for that very same vehicle. Milk is going to be $5 a gallon. Gas is going to be $5 a gallon or more. And I'm telling you right now, if if you take that money and spend it right now, you better buy something that's going to still be worth something in a few years. And maybe you can take advantage of it and resell whatever it is you buy. Uh, or you better save the money, invest the money, something, because it's coming. There's a bad moon rising, as, as the CCR likes to say. There's a bad moon rising. There, there's going to be inflation through the roof because we're borrowing money that doesn't exist. We're borrowing against our future, against our kids' futures, against our grandkids' futures. And it's coming. It is coming. Let's go back to the phone. Hey, oh, they just hung up just as I went to, went to uh, pick it up. Uh, 673-5890 is the phone number if you want to call into the show. If you want to text, it's 435-467-5842. I, you can also reach me on uh, Messenger. You can uh, get KDXU uh, on Messenger if you would like to. Uh, I've got all the devices in front of me, so one of them is going to work. You can email me to agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. All right, let's go to the different caller, but we'll take you. Thank you for calling in today. What's on your mind? Hey, I just... just- about what you just said with relative to prices in the future. Yeah. Um, I have noted, and I don't know if everyone else has, but we're obviously being bamboozled here. Yeah. When is the last time, Andy, you heard or saw an inflation report? And they used to come out every month, every month for all of my life. I heard it on the radio. When's the last time you heard one? You know what? It's funny. I do, I do the news every morning. I can't remember seeing one in a year. Or more. In, in, well, since since the pandemic. Prior to that, an inflation report came out every month. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen And the reason, obviously, they haven't been able to produce one is because of what's happened in our market. And people have their head literally buried in that gucka you talked about yeah. because prices of wood, prices of food, everything has gone up. But, but more importantly, it's going to dramatically increase yeah. with all this additional influx of money. Uh, made up money. Um, but that's an interesting point to help those who support what just happened 
understand that the government is, is, is lying to you via omission. They have not told you what inflation is intentionally because it would scare the living wazugu out of everyone to understand what inflation has done. And furthermore, the, the Fed wants to not raise interest rates. And if there's any inflation, they're pressured to do so. So to, to, to the fact that they don't ever report inflation, interest rate can stay low. Yeah. We are being bamboozled. That's a great word for it, bamboozled. I agree. And, and I, again, that word you use for the increase is they're going to be dramatic increases, not not some increases, but dramatic across the board. It's coming. Thanks for the call today. Good to talk to you. Nine forty-five now on News Radio eight ninety ninety four nine KDXU. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back again, I want to talk about religion, but it's not the religion that you and I think of. It's not the organized religion where we go to church and we pray. And we believe things. Well, they believe things, but you're not going to believe what some of the things they believe when we come back after this time out. Today's show brought to you in part by Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney's a local loan consultant. His specialty is, well, taking care of you. Customer service. Joe averages nearly a perfect score, 4.96 out of 5 stars online. You can find him online at newamericanfunding.com. Again, Joe Shoney's specialty is customer service when it comes to servicing your loan. He can help you with a, I don't know, a first-time home buyer's loan, a veteran's affair phone loan, a home equity line, a reverse mortgage, any kind of loan that you might need. I encourage you to give Joe a call because he's a guy that's not going to just do it and then call you at the last minute and tell you to come sign some papers. He's going to tell you exactly what's going on all along the way with your loan. Let's see. Uh, reviews don't lie. Over 500 reviews later, and he averages 4.96 out of five stars with 508 reviews. A couple of Don and Joseph both to give him uh, five stars. It was so easy and stress-free, says Don. Joseph says, did my refi at a great rate accomplish my goal with no problems. It's Joe Shoney, a sponsor of this show. Give him a call at 435-590-6300 or the office line is 435-319-8214. One more for you, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Welcome back. Down to about 10 minutes or so left in the program. Thank you for tuning in today on a well, a snowy Friday morning. Looking across the way here, uh, the uh, park is, uh, the snow has uh, uh, inundated the trees and the grass. I see a few cars even with some snow uh, accumulating on them. Well, the parked cars mostly. If you're moving, you're not getting too much snow on you. But uh, we definitely need the moisture. It is glorious and beautiful. It is also very distracting. So I'm going to again turn my back on the snow so that I can focus on this uh, program. Again, thanks for tuning in. I had a question for you. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to change topics a little bit. But if you want to call and talk about, well, it's, it's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. But uh, you know the story of that Holly Suzanne Cortier? She's the 38-year-old lady from uh, California who came to Zion National Park, parked her car, and then disappeared for days and days. I think it was 12 days or something like that that she was gone. A lot of people thought, oh, she must have been kidnapped or, or, or killed or something. Uh, she went missing in Zion National Park. She was found alive, a little bit dazed, a little bit dehydrated, but alive 12 days later. Now, there was a lot of speculation as to what happened. She claimed she hit her head, set up a camp in, in, you know, by a river, and just stayed there uh other people claim that was like her way of disappearing from society and she did it on purpose and she should be charged for all the money spent to uh try and find her the a report is out right now that uh, 
talks about exactly how much money that is. In fact, it's a 136-page report that includes maps, logs, and other information regarding the search and rescue operations with Daryl Cashin and the Washington County Search and Rescue uh, Sheriff's Office area. Uh, the final number for the amount of money spent is, I mean, we've been talking trillions, so it's nothing compared to that, but it's a lot of money locally. $60,000 were spent searching and trying to find Holly Cortier. Uh, and uh, they found her. She's alive. She went on back to her life. Uh, but there's some speculation now as to what should happen uh, with that money. Are we? Should we absorb it as a county? Should it be paid by public funds? Um, is this money that she should be on the hook for? Do you, do you feel like... Well, let me put it this way. If she was really dazed, confused, lost, scared, does that make a difference to you on whether or not she should be charged or or have to pay back the money that people spent to try and find and rescue her? As opposed to if she did this on purpose, if she left on purpose, disappeared on purpose, stayed out in the wilderness on purpose just because she couldn't handle life anymore and decided to get away from it all. So there's your two scenarios. Either she really was hurt and scared and alone and and needed rescued, or she chose to be disappeared for a while. And by the way, there was a GoFundMe page set up to help her pay for the expenses of the search and rescue. Um, well, you know, we'll address that at another time. But uh, do you think that she should have to pay that money? And if you do, what about the two scenarios? Should she have to pay it if she did it on purpose? Should she have to pay it if it was an accident or if she just was dazed and lost and confused? That's a question. If you want to answer it, 6735-890 or whatever else you want to talk about. Let's go to line one. Uh, hey, what's going on this morning? How are you? I'm great, Andy. How are you this morning? I'm doing okay. What's on your mind? Well, I just wonder if she asked anybody to go out and find her. She, she didn't. No. She just disappeared. Okay. So... Well, maybe she wanted to get away. You know, uh, people have that right. Yeah. And you know, so um, I I don't I don't think that she owes anybody a dime. She didn't go find her. And you know, we have those services, and they're there for a reason because there are people that do get lost and people that end up missing and whatnot. But you know, just because somebody goes off into the wilderness, whether they want to get away or not, why why does that mean we have to send somebody out after them? Well, I will say this, and that, that poses an interesting question. It was her family who called authorities and asked them to see if they could find her. So should they be on the hook okay. for the money? Uh, I think they should be more on the hook than maybe the, the lady should. But, but even at that, I mean... Sixty grand is a lot of money. It probably doesn't even include the man hours uh, of the search and rescue yeah. people because most of them are volunteer. You're right. And so, I mean, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. But I think in our society, you know, if we're going to have search and rescue and we're going to have those services, we have to realize that this is going to happen. And, yeah, the, the, the family was all worried about her. Um but the bottom line is, is she went off, did what she wanted to do, and 
I just I don't see where anybody could justify trying to recoup money for her, especially if she had no, you know, had not requested. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're out there and and you uh, ping a cell tower and request a 911 service or an SOS service yeah. or whatever. Then, then I I agree with it. But in this case, I don't think I don't. I don't think a court of law would come down on the side of, you know, charging them. Okay, cool. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to line two. Uh, do you have thoughts on this, or do you have something else on your mind? What's up? Uh, yes, this is Jerry. I live in Ivins. Hey, Jerry. Uh, I saw on the news this morning where that report, you know, where it was almost 60000 to find her. Yeah. It was all redacted. There was nothing on the papers. It was 160 pages or something. Right. But. 99% of the pages were like some of them top-secret government reports that you see. Yeah, and they, which, and they said it was to protect the innocent, which, which yeah. shocks me. You know? And the other thing is they did find her right next to the river, which was within sight of the road that goes through the canyon. So really, it, 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 the whole thing seems a little bit staged to me, just from my opinion. Yeah, something fishy, right? Something fishy, especially where they found her. She wasn't out in the in the boondocks. She was next to the Virgin River, back uh, 100, 200 feet from a trail. Hmm. Right. How does that sound logical? So my personal opinion is she should be re- responsible for the $60,000 under that situation. Had okay. she gotten lost in the wilderness, a whole different ballgame. All right. Thanks for the take. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. See you, Jerry. Uh, it's 9.56 on KDXU. The whole thing, again, I mean, he makes a great point. The whole thing's just a little fishy. It's like, now, wait a minute. What What are they not telling us? And then they re- they get this report out, and he's right. They redacted it. Uh, re- if you don't know what redacted means, a report will come out. Usually it's a government report. And uh, if there's top secret items or items that will incriminate anyone or, uh, in this case, they say protect the innocent, they will take basically take a black marker. And they will, they will, uh, and this, this is the olden days, black marker off the printed version so you can't tell what it says. Now, I'm sure that digitally it's probably a little bit different. I don't know how it works now. If they still just do the black marker, you know, put the Sharpie to it or whatever. But basically redacted is stuff that's in the report that they feel like uh, would be harmful to people involved uh, with the report. And so they scratch them out so we can't see them. And so this this big report came out, and again, like I said, it was a hundred and something pages, uh, and a lot of it was redacted. Uh, but one of the things that wasn't redacted was the fact that it cost sixty thousand dollars in equipment and stuff to to find this lady. So I, I, I I'm going to be honest with you. I have mixed feelings about this. I I think her story was that she hit her head, that she was dazed and confused, and for twelve days. Couldn't figure out how to how to get out. I don't know how far she was. Uh, you know, but the caller there said she was actually pretty close to the trail. I don't know if that's that's true or not. I didn't read the report, but it just something's not right. Something doesn't feel right about this whole story with Holly Courtier. Uh, if she wanted to disappear and wanted the alone time and wanted to go off the grid, uh, that's fine. But. You know, you, you kind of ought to tell somebody, especially if you're going to go into a national park and try to disappear in a national park. You probably ought to tell somebody where you're going. 
Because in a society, in the society we live in, if there's someone missing or, 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 or troubled and, 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 you know, especially if your family is, is worried and scared, they're going to they're gonna move hell or high water to get you, you know, rescued, taken care of. And obviously, Holly Corte's family was scared for her. They were really worried. They thought maybe she had harmed herself or she had been kidnapped or hurt uh, on the trail or something was really wrong or they wouldn't have called the authorities. If she had simply said, look, I'm going to get away from it all. You guys just, you know, let me go. I'll contact you when I'm back ready. Then, then I think that's a whole different story. But as it is now, they, they called search and rescue. The family was scared to death. They thought she was hurt or worse. And, uh, and they did. They moved every, every possible resource to try to get her rescued. Turns out she was, apparently she was okay the whole time. It's 9.59 on KDXU. Man, I, I really thank you guys for listening today, especially if you're out there fighting a snowstorm and stuff. Uh, it's, it's really a, a, a pleasure for me to have you on the air and spend some time with you uh, in, in light of, you know, losing uh, our beloved Rush Limbaugh and everything that he uh, represented in the world. I, I honestly, he made it so that, I, that this job is available to me. And, uh, and I thank you for listening. And we're going to hear more from Rush and, of course, uh, the people that help host some of his great quotes coming up next right after Fox News. Thanks for listening.